You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. Hi, this is a Take Him With You podcast for May 17th, and it's episode 309. This is Amy Moyer, and I am with... Uh, you're with your husband, I hope. <laughs> okay. I'm Rick. You're Rick. Strands in your eyes, the color them wonderful stop me and steal my breath. And emeralds from mountains and thrust towards the sky, never revealing their depth. And tell me that we patch of highway very rough rough patch of highway we're, we're headed back from raymond where you talked at the baptist church out there and i'm talking into the side so hopefully you could hear me um and the road in between raymond and aberdeen where we live is pretty horrible <laughs> it's not horrible it's um uh, there's parts that like are six inches to a foot down from where they're supposed to be. Well, around here we get a lot of rain and sometimes the roads will shift. Erosion. And like whole pieces of the highway will shift down you know, a few inches. They sink. It's making it rather treacherous. Yeah. Yeah, but we're um we've had a good week, a long week. We <coughs> we feel bad because it's been so busy. Um you spoke this weekend and I spoke last weekend and we had all kinds of Mother's Day activities last weekend. So we're gonna try to get a podcast out today, aren't we, dear? Well that's what we're doing. We're doing right now. We'll see we'll see how we do. <laughs> So we had a good time today. You you shared a good message today that was very thought provoking about overcoming depression. Yeah, turning the tables. And I I wrote <coughs> I wrote notes on it, which I could go look at the notes. But hey, I, look, there's a horse. A horse, a horse, of course, of course. Is that a, a song? I don't know. <laughs> it just came up in my head. It's a pretty painted pony we just went past. So so you talked about that. Is there anything um, that you would like to share about what happened with you this last week? What happened with me? What you did? Um, well, I would have to think about that. Let's see. What did I do this last week? A lot is, of stuff. Is that why you usually ask me first is so that... You can think well, about what you want to say while I talk. I wasn't prepared for you to put a microphone in my face at this point. Sorry. Okay. So I wasn't in that mode. I wasn't thinking about it. Oh. Needless to say, you were busy as always. Yeah, I'm always kind of doing stuff. These folks look like they had an engine problem. 
We just had to slow down to go around a truck. You never know what you'll find. So we had this really strange thing happen this last week where our dog goes on walks with our neighbor and just a few blocks into the walk she stopped and wouldn't go any further and that doesn't ever happen. And so they brought her back home and then my, we were at church today and talking to my brother and he was out on a hike and ran into a bear, probably a little black bear, I don't know. I it was very little. Well, it was a big black bear, I guess. So, um, so I, I kind of almost wonder if maybe she sensed there was a bear or something around and turned around because they wake up about this time of year. From yeah, they're in hibernation until now. It warms up enough and their tummy gets, tummies get rumbly and they decide to go out and go hunting. So thankfully my brother made it back alive and I, I almost wonder if our daughter, our daughter, our dog protected our neighbors from <laughs> running into the bear. Or Bigfoot. We, we, we have had Sasquatch sightings, but I don't know how well I trust those, but... You don't believe in Bigfoot? You know, I remember that Six Million Dollar Man episode. Well, that's a good one. That was Bigfoot was an alien. And then the, the little tube that spun around. And that, that was a great one. Uh, there were three. Kind of made me d dizzy. There were three bionic bands with the uh, Bigfoot on them. Uh, okay. Yeah, they were fast and hairy. That wasn't they. It was only one. Oh, we, we had something happen this week where our DVR stopped working. Oh, uh, yeah. That's always and fun. so when we probably could have been working on our podcast last night or yesterday afternoon, we, we had to put in a service call to Dish Network to have them come in. Did they put in a, a new unit because the hard drive was going out? They put a whole new unit in. We lost all of my, I lost all of my $6 million man and Bionic Woman episodes and Wonder Woman and Star Trek. And that's a lot. Between just those alone, and probably like three or four hundred episodes, um, maybe more, because you had a lot of Star Trek on there. But oh, I thought you were going to go do your sh your show at the radio station. Do my what? Yeah, you might have to edit that. I kind of can't talk right. So um, yeah, it's been crazy this last couple weeks. But we've had some good fa family times. We saw your mom and dad. Um, two weeks ago on Sunday yeah. and then this last Sunday um, I had the kids came over and hung out with me and we watched a couple of historical um, movies that were based on true people I mean people that really Do you really remember the lived. names of the movies? Um, one was I think Unbreakable and that was about um an Olympic athlete during World War II that got captured by the Japanese. Um, and it was, I watched that one. Yeah, it was a pretty good movie. And then the other one was about the Code Breakers, also a World War II era movie where these um, group of <coughs> really, really intelligent people um, Basically, this one guy built the very first ever computer. And broke the Nazi code. And, yeah, and broke the code. And so it helped the, the Allies actually win the war. 
and I don't want to give away too much, but it was a pretty good movie too. It had some sad things in it, but I think it was pretty well done. It it won a lot of Academy Awards, and I can see why. I I like historical um, kind of stuff, so I thought it was pretty well done. And the Cumberbunch guy was in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm trying. He's not to... really Cumberbunch. I'm just joking, but. I, I'm trying to remember the name of that one. Um, Enigma Code was that what it I was called? Um, but that was that was a really good one too. So my kids suffered through a couple of historical movies. No, that, they didn't. They did part of one and then they bugged out and then we watched the other one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't remember, but they watched one of them with me. And um, we got to see uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. The the uh, Marvel Avengers movie. Yeah, that was really cool. What'd you think of it? I liked it, but I like all Avengers movies. So. What did you like about it? Um. Well, I'm not as much into the action stuff as some people are. I I like more the that dynamics between the different characters. I like the comedy and the goofiness. I mean, some of the action's fun too, but um, I don't know. The characters, I like the parts when they The are, love story was nice. There's kind of a love story in there, yeah. But it was kind of sad though with the end, I thought. Well, don't give it away. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything, but yeah, I'm I like more the people parts of stuff, but and I like how quirky that some of the characters are in there, like you know Iron Man and um, I don't know. You have just all different kinds of people. It's kind of like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and ER on steroids. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it. You have different characters where some are kind of down and quiet, like Eeyore, and you've got some that are kind of hyper, some that are kind of goofy, some that are very, you know, like, stable and plot, you know, very serious, like Captain America, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure if, if Iron Man would be kind of the goofy one because he can be serious too, but he's very quirky and they all have their humorous moments. Yeah, they all have kind of funny moments, and I like that part. I think that was the best thing about Star Trek, in my opinion. What was when they had like um, funny moments together and were kind of goofy or something, not serious all the time. Yeah, I think that humor actually makes a movie like that easier, I think. Yeah, and I think I think a good blend between humor and tender moments and, you know, just... Um, I got a little bit confused on some of the plot points because, to me, I love the action and stuff like that, but I don't love, love it. In other yeah. words, like, like the, the, the super, latest Superman movie went way too long for me and even this Avengers movie was a little bit long yeah I, I noticed that about some of the action movies like but Transformers and those kind of things that they can just be so much action and there's like one or two sentences and then they're gonna go fight for an hour and right I yeah that's not exactly my thing but <coughs> well but, the um, 
they did a good job on We also were able to watch Avengers. the last part of The Hobbit. I hadn't seen that yet. Yeah. And uh, The Battle of the Five Armies. Uh-huh. And I, quite honestly, I didn't really like it. I, I'm but bad, I guess. It was okay. I mean, it was well made. It's just long. And and I kind of, we grew up with the cartoon, which was like an hour long or something. 45 minutes, probably. <laughs> so we're like, boy, this is taking a long time to get where it's supposed well, to Well, how get, many times but... can you see, you know, I guess to me, the in the Hobbit movie, for me, all the added stuff, even though I know it was taken from the notes of J.R.R. Tolkien and stuff, <laughs> it wasn't the book that I loved. Yeah, well, and plus the battle scenes get a little much, you know. It's like, I really don't want to see a 100,000 orcs fighting. It's like, they're kind of gross. I don't well, and I, you know, some of these characters I wanted to like, but I'd never heard of them before. Yeah. Some of them were taken from Lord of the Rings. They looked younger in the Lord of the Rings than they did in The Hobbit, so whatever. Even though the Lord of the Rings was supposed to have been done later and this is supposed to be a prequel so yeah that didn't really make sense but you know I have to say Lord of the Rings and and Hobbit are still good it's just they're long (laughs) well it's too long long. for me I finally got tired of them and so I think I slept through half the battle yeah yeah you did I heard you sleeping thanks thanks (laughs) you heard me sleeping funny (laughs) You so, hear me snoring sometimes. I'm trying to too. think of any other geeky things we got to do. Well, you know, spending time with family, we're kind of that's not geeky. Yeah, well, our family's geeky, so I I got to go up with our daughter to the transfer day this last week, and um, to the what to transfer day at her university, Evergreen, the Evergreen State University. Okay, she got to go up and. Um, learn a little bit about how to work everything, check in with the finance department and all that stuff that we did. And so, um, got to see where she's going to be staying, her modular home that they have on campus that she and five other girls are going to share. What'd you think? Um, it's habitable, I think. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Um, well, have you ever seen those buildings they bring in as, like, temporary classrooms when there's not enough classrooms? Yeah. And they kind of look like out of shoddy material and, you know, like... Our daughter's going to live in one of those? Yeah. Great. Well, you know, campus housing, I guess, is at a premium, so... Yeah. She might not live there her senior year. (laughs) We'll see. They might be better inside. We heard that they were refurbished inside, like, you know, painted and stuff just last year. So it might look better inside. The outside looks like it could have taken a good scrubbing and some paint. And I've seen better. (laughs) Great. I know, isn't it? But, you know, it's when it's your kids, you're going, they're really, they're going to... But I I guess, you know, she's going to be getting her education and that's what's most important not that she lives in the fancy housing i guess i guess (laughs) fun stuff and then our middle son we've been looking at videos and stuff that he's taken of the house they're buying up in kent so he's moving away so in just a few months we're going to be 
Well, our son's already been out the house for a couple of years, but... Both of them. Both of them. So, we've just had our daughter at home, and she'll be moving out next September, and we'll be empty nesters. We still have Jade. And three cats. Yeah. And no, we aren't getting a puppy or kittens. We have enough pets. How about a goat? They would eat my roses and all No, my we don't flowers. want that. Chickens? Maybe chickens, because I could use them in my garden. You could use them? Yeah, if you put the chicken tractor in the garden in the winter, then they kind of till it all up and eat the bad bugs and and fertilize it. Wow. Yeah, so I'm thinking about chickens. We're still in this debate because I really don't want to hassle with them. Especially after they stop laying eggs. Because you think I'm not going to... You're not going to. We'll be feeding them for like 10 years after they lay eggs, stop laying eggs. Do chickens live that long? Uh, probably not. But I know they can live several years after they stop laying eggs. So you'd be paying, you know, $40 a month for chicken feed and not getting any eggs out of it. Yeah. So that would kind of be a little useless. But <laughs> they'd be good for the garden, though. I guess. So is this just a pointless podcast? What do you mean? Is a pointless podcast? <laughs> well, I think we should talk about being empty nesters and... and uh, what that means. Well, how does that change life? Yeah, well, maybe some of our listeners, if you're out there listening and you're an empty nester, you could you could give us advice on Facebook or on our, our Well, you website. know what they say. They say that, that uh, many divorces happen right about this time. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Yes, they do. They say that. Well, actually, I was thinking about it. My great uncle left his wife the day that their youngest daughter got married and then that was at 29 years and then my cousin that same girl that got married then her husband left her at 29 years also <gasps> we're 29 years this year don't get any ideas i wasn't planning on leaving you oh good i don't know who else i could get to do all these things for me you're just getting a glaring look right now <laughs> Excuse me. So that might be a good good question for everyone out there. How do you handle the emptiness? I think, though, it's kind of been gradual for us, though, because, you know, we've had our oldest son went off to college, and then he got married, and then our, our second son um, got married but was already working full-time, so we didn't see him at home that much, just came to sleep, basically. And then, you know, even our daughter, she's had jobs in college, community college here. And so it's kind of a transition where we're seeing our kids less and less. It's not like we had all three at home doing stuff every day with them and then they're gone. You know, it's it's kind of a slowly weaning away of um, being with our kids very often, but... Well, I think it's it depends on how you've done your relationship because you spend so much time concentrating on the kids well, that when the kids aren't the concentration point anymore, that's when problems can happen because you don't have any other things you do. But we have our podcasts we do, and I help you with church stuff, um, and we do a little gardening together. You take pictures of my garden, help me water. What are you trying to say? That I don't guard, I'm not a gardener? Um, you sometimes spray the roses too, maybe 
clip off some dead parts of the rose bushes. Is this a bad time to tell you I'm having an affair with the gardener? Well, since I'm the gardener, that's okay. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I, I was I was thinking of having a discussion on it. I guess we just did. <laughs> I guess. Boy, this is real fun. I wonder if anybody's actually listening to us anymore. We haven't heard from any. We haven't heard anybody say, "Boy, you haven't had any podcasts lately." Not a word. So, um, I guess if you're listening, it'd be a great time to let us know if you want us to keep doing a podcast. Yeah, and I I apologize that we've been doing so much stuff with family and work and stuff. We haven't been very consistent lately, but. Um, we were really consistent for about six years. <laughs> yeah. And then once you started um, being an interim pastor again and the um, radio station and your own business, too, it's been kind of crazy. But we're getting out there in the community more, and and that's good, too. It's just challenging because we, we want to keep connected with our Internet friends, too. Sure, sure. And we do have, we'd like to get Amber on the program. We still need to get her on the program. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, a couple other folks I was thinking about having on again. We should do that. So if you have any suggestions for us, let us know. We, is there anything you want to hear about? Any particular biblical thing you want to learn about? Are there uh, any special guests you think, boy, it'd be cool if Rick and Amy interviewed so-and-so? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. Or Amy at TakeHimWithYou.com. Or our Facebook pages, facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer or facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer. There you go. All right. So I guess this is a short podcast this week. Sure. Is it better short than none at all? You want me to put your message for Mother's Day on here? Um, Maybe at the end if you wanted to. Amy preached on Mother's Day. She did a pretty good job. But you did a really good message on overcoming depression, too. So, so which one do you want? I don't know. We could put them both on there. They're only about 20 minutes each. Or maybe yours might be a little longer. So we'll have something at the end here if you guys want to listen to. But we'd love to hear from you. We would. So I'm just going to close this out right now. And then there'll be something at the end for your, your listening enjoyment. So this has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2015, all rights reserved. Have a good one. We'll see you next time on the Taking With You podcast. for this great day. Thank you, God, that you have put people in our life like Wayne, uh, like Kathy, like uh, the, our brothers and our sisters. It's been so amazing. Our life has so enriched by different people in our lives. It's been so great. Thank you, God. Today, we pray that you would grab a hold of our heart. If we struggle with depression, if we've ever 
had a rough time with that, God, we pray today that as we look into your word, your Bible, that uh, we would see something that we can grab a hold of. God, help us keep an open mind to all that you have in store for us today, Lord. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Even the most exuberant and happy people go through hard times. In fact, a lot of the people that are happy probably have a harder time than you think. I have a theory on that. I don't think the devil likes happy people. Have you ever thought about that? People that spread joys, people that, that help others, they've got, they've got an enemy. We've got an enemy. So today, I want to talk to you about turning the tables on depression. Now, before I even get into this, I want to tell you why I called it turning the tables. Do you know where that expression comes from, turning the tables? It's a biblical expression. Did you know that? It comes from when Jesus tipped the tables over in the temple. The expression turning the tables really comes from a desire for God's will to be done instead of all this other stuff. Matthew chapter 21, this is interesting, says Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. So I guess you could say knock over a chair. That'll work too. He, and he said to them, he didn't just come in and go, Waha, go crazy, knock everything over. Somebody go, what's up with Jesus? He said, the scripture declares, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Now, I don't know if you followed Jesus' ministry at all, but he, it wasn't normal for him to go around knocking tables over. And this was, this I think had gotten to a level of, Hey, wait a second. This is not even what it's supposed to be like. And if you really took a serious look at how Christianity works today, I, I, I pretty much bet that Jesus, if he was walking with us right now in the flesh, would have a rough time with some of the churches. And he might come in and go, what? What is this? I'm knocking over the latte stand. <laughs> no, 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 not that. <laughs> I'm knocking over the bookstore. I'm, the, yeah, I'm not saying all of that is like this. But I'm just saying, do you understand the reason that that term is used? Is because it's, you, got, you get to a point where this is not how it should be. And I'm just here to tell you this morning. Depressed people is not how it should be. Now, I'm not saying we're bad when we get depressed. I'm just saying it's not how we were created to be. We were created to be joyful people that have good news. And depression sucks the life out of us. And it's time that we do something about it. Now, you're probably not going to like some of my conclusions today. Because I'm a little more open-minded than... I know some people, this is a problem too, I think. 
Whereas people will say, well, if you're depressed, you just don't have enough faith in God. To there. Uh, no, that's not true. There are many things that cause depression. Some of that is true, and we'll get to it. But there are other things that cause depression as well. And guess what? It, it doesn't matter how it's caused, we need to get out of it. Because God wants us... Now, I, don't, now I, won't, I won't say God wants us happy. I'll say God wants us to do what we, we've been called to do, and we can't do it if we're paralyzed by depression. Because I don't believe that once you receive the Lord, you be, everything becomes la-la land and marshmallow happiness. I think we still all have a, a, a lot in life. And I think it's important that we do it. But we can't do it when we're all messed up. Life doesn't seem fair, does it? Have you ever wondered why? I mean, why isn't life fair? Why shouldn't good people have good things happen to them? Bad things have bad things happen to them. Or bad people have bad things happen to them. Seems like a lot of times the bad people have the good things happen. And then the good people are like, what? This isn't working for me. But it seems that life can get crazy really quick. And it's easy to get depressed in this day and age. People have been getting depressed, though I have news for you. Ever since the beginning of time. You know the first bout of depression in the Bible? Do you know where it was? It was in the Garden of Eden. Exactly. It was, it was right after Eve took a bite and handed it to her husband who was standing right there and ate as well. Boom. Remember when, when uh, the scripture says... Don't eat of this fruit because when you do it, you will die. They didn't fall over and go, ah, ah, and that was it. Start over. Let's start a new story. Did they? No. The next thing we know, God's saying, Adam, where are you? Well, I was afraid. I, I was naked and I hid myself. Who told you you were naked? Well, he got depressed, man. He entered into sin. He did something he shouldn't be doing. And as a result of that first Depression enters. But you know, we're, if you ever get depressed, I'm saying right here, I have been depressed. I, I will share part of my story today. But check this out. All throughout the Bible, some of the most famous people that we can think of, when I say their name, you're going to go, oh, I didn't know that, have dealt with depression. You're not alone. We know their stories pretty well. And... My goodness, it's all over the Bible. How about this, Abraham? Oh, I'm too old. How am I ever going to... No, not me. Or how about, I have to sacrifice my son? I'm sure he was just jumping up and down over that. Can you imagine the turmoil, the depression he went through of thinking that he was going to have to kill his own child? How about Jonah? We know his story pretty well. And his story ended pretty Sad, too, because he just... Can you imagine? God told him to do something. He ran the other way. How many of us have ever done that? You know, you, God tells you to do something. You run the other way. You're going to have some depression involved. Oh, my gosh. Look at Job's life. That guy got everything taken. Everything taken from him. This close to losing his life. You think that that was all... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to write a book someday. Nope. He, got, he went through depression. 
Elijah. Remember when he's being pursued and he's hiding in the cave? It was Elijah, not Elisha, right? Elijah, yeah. I always get them mixed up. Woe is me, there's nobody like me. I'm the only one and they're going to try to kill me. Depression. How about King Saul? Do you know that the reason that David was introduced to Saul um, with, his, with his guitar? Well, okay, it was a liar. It was because Saul was going through what? Depression. And the music when David would play, all of a sudden Saul would feel better because he would drive away the evil spirits. So we can see that depression can be spiritual. Jeremiah, the, they call him what? The weeping prophet. Okay, we could just keep going. How about the biggest example of somebody goes through depression and gets healed from it and goes through it again and gets healed from it? David, King David. A lot of it was his own mistakes. But we'll get to that. We can go on and on and on and on and we can go through. You can go through just about every character in the Bible and realize they dealt with depression in some shape or form. Depression is caused by a lot of different things. Some of it's caused by guilt. When we know the things we should do and we don't do them. The Bible says when we know what's right and we don't do it, that's sin. And what does sin do? It leads to depression. The Bible says it leads to death. But again, remember when Adam and Eve sinned, they didn't die a natural death right at that point. But depression came in. It, they kind of died in their soul. When we sin and we know what we're supposed to be doing, we don't do it. That's called sin. And what it does is it causes depression. causes us to go into that mode. I know I should be doing something different. Some example, like remember when Cain, um, the, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Why are you dejected? If you do what's right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what's right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Hmm. So what this says to me as I'm looking at this is there is a way out of depression. And God is giving a door to us to get out. Check this out. David, remember when uh, David had committed adultery? The Bible says that at the time when kings go to war, David tarried in Jerusalem. David was a king. He was supposed to be going out to war. But he stayed and went, ooh. His eyebrows, hubba hubba. Look at that. So instead of out being a warrior, he was a voyeur. Sorry, I had to pull it. But how many know he may have acted on his temptation, but as a result of it, a lot of bad stuff happened. You can't imagine what he went through inside. Yet God still says he's a man after my own heart. Oh, that's so confusing. How does that work? Because everybody deals with it. David's not any different than any of us. He goes through it. He's a human being. He's on this planet. We live in a fallen world. Sin happens and sometimes we participate in it. Other times it's not our fault. 
So in the case of sin or depression caused by ourselves that we have caused, how do we get out of that? Well, the Bible has set it right up for us. It says, if we confess our sins to one another, to God, and to one another, what happens? The Bible says we, we get healed. So, released from depression caused by guilt comes from confession and seeking God's forgiveness. There's something about putting our heart out there that changes everything. So, number one, you can write this down. I only have a few things. Number one, put our hope and trust back in God. Psalm 31 says, For I said in my haste, I am cut off before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried out to you. Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. All of you hope in the Lord. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity. I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And then in the New Testament it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you are experiencing a rough time because you know you are making the wrong choices, or maybe you made a wrong choice a while back and you've never really seriously said, God, I'm so sorry. I guarantee you that if the sin has come upon you because of, of, or if, if, if depression has come upon you, from sin that you participated in, confession and cleansing, God will take care of you. Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your trust in God. Psalm 43, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Going through the stuff that Amy and I have been through in our walk with the Lord has been really hard. Amy's known the Lord longer than I have, so it's not, I'm not saying it was easier for you, but you have a, a, a strong relationship with God since you were little. I didn't have that. So going through some of the stuff that I've gone through has been really, really difficult. And I found that the last thing I wanted to do when I was depressed was to praise the Lord. Have you ever figured that out? I mean, have you, have you ever been there? I mean, I'm just like... Uh, Take another hit, another hit, and then another hit. And that's like, oh yeah, praise the Lord. It reminds me of that little kid song. I think I want to throw up. I think I want to throw up. I think I want to throw up my hands and praise the Lord. <laughs> but how many of us really feel like praising the Lord when we're going through a rough time? That this is, this is why we have to force ourselves as Men and women of faith, as men and women who know what the Bible says, sometimes we just have to kick ourselves in the back end and say, no, I refuse to let the devil have a victory with me. I am going to praise the Lord. Here's what happens. I put on a little bit of praise music or I'll, or I'll 
read some scripture and meditate on it. Or I'll talk to a friend or listen to a sermon or something. And all of a sudden, it's like that hard, well, how do I describe it? Um, it's like when you first put the ice cream in the bowl. It's tough to get out. It's kind of hard and everything. It's really frozen. But you kind of start mixing it up a little bit. The longer you keep it warm and start, all of a sudden it starts to get a little liquidy, you know, it starts to smooth out. And oh my gosh, put a little chocolate syrup on that. And it's heaven, baby, right there. Right? That's what happens when we start to praise the Lord. That depression, that hard, stony heart starts to break up a little bit. And the more you surround it with what God is saying, I don't know how it works. I just know it does. And if you just start praising the Lord a little bit here and there, thinking about how does God have to deal with it, thinking about Him a little bit more, and all of a sudden it breaks it up and it starts to get a little bit more liquidy. And then pretty soon the heart starts to warm up. And then all of a sudden, a couple days go by and I realize I'm not, I'm not in this funk that I was in. How does that work? Hmm. That's called delighting ourselves in the Lord. You know, the other reason that we get depression is unrealistic expectations. I'm really, I'm a king of unrealistic expectations. This is how I have to deal with things like at holiday time and different stuff when I, you know, I expect my family to be a certain way. And they never are. I would love to say I have a perfect family. Guess what? I don't. I'll confess it to you. But if I'm, if I have unreal, now there's certain things you can expect. Because it's just right to expect him. But there's unrealistic expectations as well. How many of us ever get depressed over our unrealistic expectations? I'm not the only one, I know that. But sometimes we're our own worst enemy. I've got news for you. Give yourselves a break. Step back a little bit. Let life be a little easier. Tweak a little bit on what your expectations are. Are they in reality or not? Here's how I've learned how to do it. It's really pretty easy on my computer, I can do it, but, I, but it's easier to take a piece of paper and write down your expectations. And then on the other side, go straight across and, and then critically look at them. And you start to go, oh, oh, maybe that's this one. Yeah, that's pretty right. But start taking some of those expectations off the table. You'll be a lot happier. Here's another one. And you don't hear this preached in church very often. Um, if you're depressed and, and it's not something that you, even maybe if it is something that you've done to become that way, or if it's something that was external, maybe it was grief or maybe it was, what, go see your doctor. Anybody get throw anything at me? <laughs> Let me tell you why. When we go through, especially nowadays, because of the way our nutrition works and the food that we eat and stuff, it's different than it was way back when. And it's so important that we go get checked out and make sure that we don't have a chemical imbalance. That is not a, that's not a shameful thing to say. Hey, stuff was messed up chemically with me and I need some help here. I'll never forget going into the doctor's office and, and you know me, I'm happy. I mean, I'm usually pretty fun. Ask my wife. I'm Except if I'm grumpy. Right. <laughs> then don't ask her about that. But I remember going into the doctor's office after we'd been through some really horrendous things and, and we were doing pretty good. And then all of a sudden we got hit with another hard situation. And I just finally, I just spiraled into depression. I didn't even know what it was at the time. 
And I go in and I'm sitting there. My, my doctor's a Christian. And she, she walks in and she looks at me and she goes, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? And I just like, ah, I just blow up. You know, I'm like a blubbering guy. That's scary when I blubber. And she just looked at me and she prayed for me. And she goes, I'm taking tests. <laughs> and so she took all these tests, all these blood tests. And they found out that, I, that I, had, I had a bunch of different stuff going on. And well, how do you combat that? Well, you, you, know, you give them, there's all sorts of different kinds of medications. But I was resistant. I said, no, I'm a Christian. I'm not taking any of that medicine. No, no way. I, that means I don't have any faith, you know. And she goes, well, Rick, maybe you should think about it. Just, maybe even just a little bit of it. And maybe we can help you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I go for another three or four months. And it's still hard, really, really hard. And I'm, yeah, Amy's like, oh. So finally I said to her, I said, okay, I don't want to take something that's going to cause me to be a different personality. I'm not going to do that. And she goes, well, there's lots of different things. Why don't we try this little, a little dose of this? Duh. Why did I do it four months before then? And it wasn't forever. It's just for a time. I start, start on this stuff, and it's, uh, Amy called it my happy pills. And uh, it was actually stuff that they do to help you quit smoking. That's the kind of whatever that class of drug was. This is a little tiny bit. It wasn't very much. And I took it, and at first I was like, eh. And about a couple weeks later, I'm like going, oh, my gosh. I, I'm not, for some reason, I was fixating on the people that hurt me. Have you ever done that? And for some reason, I couldn't, I couldn't get past Every time I would, it would trigger me into thinking about how these people had hurt me, and I just went there all the time. How many know you can't go on with life when you go there all the time? For some reason, that knocked a little bit of that off. And, and when I got to that, I would just go, I, would, I, I combined it with my faith, and I said, I forgive them, bless them, Lord. And I would, instead of dwell on it for a whole day, I'd dwell on it for a whole minute. Amazing what happened after a few months. It all started to turn around. Now I don't have to use it anymore. And I can still do that. Lord, bless them. Keep them. And I just got myself busy doing the things I was supposed to do. And you know when you do the things you're supposed to do, busy with that, you won't do the things you're not supposed to do. You don't have time to. So it's not a sin if you want to, if you want to make sure those... Kept, and lo and behold, take the test... And those levels come back up. Everything starts to get better. Oh my gosh. Why didn't I do that beforehand? I should have. Nothing wrong with getting checked to see if the chemicals are in the right place. Number three. This is, and this is by far uh, so wonderful. Seek out a good Christian friend or counselor. If you are stuck in depression, if you're going through a rough time all the time, if it seems to be always happening, seek out somebody you can talk to. I know we all want to say, I'm Superman. I'm just going to pray and God's going to take care of it all. Well, if that's the case, why do you put other people on the earth? Why shouldn't we just be able to do that with everything, right? Okay, why do you think that he has people in your life? We're not supposed to go at this alone. We're in this together. We're in a journey called life together. And it's so important that we have other faithful Christian friends that we can share our heart with. And share what we're going through. And if you don't have that, if you don't feel comfortable with that, there are some awesome Christian counselors. And I say Christian counselors. Now, I've, I've talked to some counselors that are not Christian. I don't like how the, 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 what they tell you to do. It's, it's a lot of selfish stuff. 
But the Christian counselors that I've talked to are awesome. Oh my gosh. They just take you back to the scripture and they talk about different things and they, they use some techniques that they've learned um, in their schooling and stuff. But at the same time, it mostly gets you focused back on the Lord. And how many know that when you keep your focus on the Lord, you won't sink? You'll stay afloat. We saw that example with Peter. Remember, he, got, he says, if it's really you, Jesus, call, call me to come to you. And I will. And Jesus says, it is me. He gets out of the boat. And the first thing he does is look at the wind and the waves and all the stuff around him. And talk about depressed. He's gone. Jesus holds out his hand and instantly grabs him, picks him right back up. We, get, we need to get focused back on Jesus. And there, do not think, don't buy the lie that Christian counselors are bad. They are not bad. They're great. I think, I think one of the reasons is because when counseling got so big back in the 80s, it was a big, huge deal. Uh, I think a lot of the church members thought that's really bad because they're using all these new age techniques and all these things. And that, you know, some of them were. But I'm talking about going to a, 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 a counselor that knows the Lord. That is very important, I think. And I think you'd be surprised. Some of the exercises that I did, the, uh, the, the journaling and the different things that I did as I was listening to these ideas and stuff. I've, what I did is it caused me to say, I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. This happens to other people. And it helped me. This is cool. Do you know what? Seeing somebody who was, was able to work through some of the things did for me, it, it did this. I no longer, I now have a, a radar that goes off when I'm around abusive people. Because my situation that I was in, I was uh, being abused by a leader, somebody above me. And um, now I now, it goes, beep, 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 beep. I can be in a meeting and all sorts of people are going, amen. And they're all going, yeah, you're awesome. And I'm going, beep, beep, beep. Because I can see it now. It, it, it allows you to work through things and you go, why was I always being, I had boss after boss that were psychopaths. I mean, they were crazy. But they love people like me because I'm happy. I'll do stuff for you. I want to please you. But what I was finding is that was my problem. I was just, I was getting my kudos from men, not God. And what I found is it followed. See, the problem is we, we keep running into the same things over and over because anywhere we go, there we are. And what I had to figure out is why am I, why am I letting people take advantage of me? Why am I letting people abuse me? Well, I, I found out. And I couldn't have done that. That wasn't something that, that, that I would be sitting at the altar. Oh, Lord, help me. So-and-so hurt me. Okay, well, why did they hurt you? you know, I don't know. And then all of a sudden you find out, oh, oh, oh. Put my faith in God. Get my kudos from him. And it's amazing, all of a sudden, it don't matter if the president of the United States says, well done, Rick. I don't care if he says that to me. I want my praise and my adulation to come from God. I, that's who I want to say, good job. Most awesome scripture in the Bible. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the place I've prepared for you. Whew, that gives me goosebumps. I'd much rather have that than have an earthly person tell me that. Why? Because that's how we're made. We weren't made to be in depression. We weren't made to be overwhelmed and, and uh, what do you call it, uh, oppressed. We were made to live 
the way God called us to live. So, I hope that I've helped you maybe move a little bit out of the realm of, oh, you just gotta, you just gotta buck up, Rick. Read the scripture and pray. That'll help you. Yeah, it will. But there are other things that we can look at too. Real quick recap. The cure, put our faith and our hope back in God. Pray. Seek God. Two, make sure to check out our lives medically. Make sure we don't have chemical imbalances going on. Number three, seek help from a friend or a Christian counselor that can help you work through the issues that you keep coming up against. I guarantee you, you will be much happier and more joyful. Let's pray. Lord, it is amazing all the different people that you bring across our path. Some of them I haven't been real happy about meeting. Some of them hurt me. But others have helped me out. Others have given selflessly and blessed me over and over. God, thank you for the wisdom that you've given to people. Thank you, Lord, even for the medical profession and the people in it that, that can help us in different areas when, we, when we're out of whack. Thank you, Lord, for the amazing Christian counselors you've put on this earth that have the gift of listening and can give great advice from your word. Thank you, God, for our brothers and our sisters in a church like this where we can share with each other. What a blessing it is to know you. And God, I pray for every person here and in the sound of my voice, God, that if, if any of us are struggling with depression, help us identify, Lord, the kind of depression that we're experiencing and then get the help that we need. Lord, don't let any of us stay in that hole. And God, give insight to our friends and our family around us that they might be able to help us as well. That's our prayer, God. Above all, we want to thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins and for raising from the dead and for giving us eternal life. <clears throat> thank you for the hope that you put on the inside of us. That regardless of anything the devil might throw at us, you, God, are the Lord and the boss of our life. And you care and you have compassion for us and you want the best for us. God, we're so excited about that. Help us, Lord, to, to know you and to hang on to you as you lead us in this life. In Jesus' name, amen.